Got depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange brain, same page, safe place. Therapy is great, and this ain't the same. But we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey, welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm Katie Dahl, and this is a mental health podcast for cool people. Uh, This show is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I am just a person who is very passionate about your mental health. Oh, man. Hey, sunnies. It is a new day. It is a new year. I feel like we should just say that 2021 didn't actually start until January 20th when Biden was sworn in uh, because we have just turned over a new leaf. I feel so relieved that I don't have to wake up every morning and wonder what horrible things happened while I was sleeping, you know? And I feel so good that I actually had nothing to talk about in therapy this week. Has this happened to any of you before? It's happened to me, but it's been a long time. And it was just so strange because I really couldn't find problems to bring up to my therapist. And I can't figure out if I need to be done with therapy for now. Obviously, I'll never really be done, but for now. Or if I just need to scale back and go like every other week or once a month for a while, I'm not sure. So I think probably what I'll do is give it a few more weeks, see how I feel, and then go from there. Because the issue is we're still in this pandemic. And because of that, it is not easy to just leave a therapist and then find a new one if I feel like I need one in a month or two down the road. You know, that mental health care, it is in high demand, baby, during this time. So if you're new here, welcome. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe. And if you've been here before and you're a loyal sunny, thank you. If you want to show me some love and you've been enjoying what you've been hearing, then leave a review on this podcast and be nice about it. Uh, So today's guest is Betsy Stover, and she is the host of the podcast called Why Mommy Drinks. Uh, Today, we discuss how she handled her own mental health and had to be a parent during the Capitol insurrection recently, uh, how she dealt with her postpartum anxiety and intrusive thoughts, the way that your body and brain prepares itself for parenthood during pregnancy, and of course, also Betsy's journey with comedy. Uh, She was a teacher at UCB, and now she is actually opening her own improv school called Illuminati Improv. After the episode, be sure to check out cryingbehindpod.com. That's where I put all of the episode guides. I put a lot of work into them. I always link any resources or fun stuff that we've talked about and, of course, more information about the guest. So that is definitely something to check out. We also have a private Facebook support group um, at facebook.com slash group slash cryingbehindpod. We are on Instagram at cryingbehindpod. Quick trigger warning before we head into this episode, we do have some discussions about uh, childbirth and pregnancy that are a little bit graphic in nature. So that's something, uh, as well as discussions about the insurrection at the Capitol and 9-11, because Betsy actually lived in New York when 9-11 occurred. So tread lightly. 
And without further ado, please enjoy. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm Katie Dahl, and today's guest is an old friend of mine. Uh, she's a comedian. She's an actor. She's a podcaster. Is there anything this woman cannot do? Uh, she hosts the podcast called Why Mommy Drinks, which is a really great listen. Please welcome Betsy Stover. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show. It's so nice to see you again. I know. It's so good to see you as well. It's been a really long time. I mean, even pre-COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to join you here in the world of podcasting. Yes, virtually here safely <laughs> in our little podcast world. How long have you been doing Why Mommy Drinks? Um, I've been doing the podcast for five years. And uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's, a, it's a comedy podcast. It's not like a parenting podcast or anything. But each episode we have uh, people come on and tell us a story of a time their kids drove them to drink, essentially. That's my, <laughs> that's my elevator pitch. But yeah, we just that tell stories sense. of crazy, uh, you know, crazy shit that happened in parenthood. Oh, is this an explicit podcast? May I oh, swear? yeah. Okay. You, you, I mean, you can, yeah, I, I could see why you would ask that because you have kids and you worry about cursing. I don't even think about that. But yes, you can say whatever you want to say on this podcast. No holds barred. You know, you don't have, don't worry. Just Excellent. Be, be you. Um, I was actually going to ask because you were saying that like your podcast is driven by like whatever is driving your children or how your children are driving you totally insane and, yeah. and driving you to drink. I could imagine that <laughs> literally you're literally getting... figuratively. <laughs> I can imagine that like you've been going through a lot more of that during lockdown because you can't get away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm an introvert. So I like need alone time. I need silence. Um, yeah. It's been 10 months uh, in my house with my kids and it's been uh, um, relentless. And we haven't really been able to leave that much uh, because, you know, it gets really hot in Los Angeles. And also there were a bunch of wildfires. So um, so the air quality was really poor. So we've just really been home and um, <laughs> and yeah, doing distance learning. And uh, and it's been a bit of a nightmare. And you have three boys. Yes. Right. Three boys, five, eight and ten. OK. Old. Wow. And. Which one would you say, like, are they, can we rank them from easiest to hardest or are they all, is it yeah. just depend on the day? I think we can rank them very, uh, yeah, easiest <laughs> to hardest. I mean, they're all easy and hard in their own ways, but my uh -huh. oldest, my 10 year old uh, Rex, he is my hardest mm -hmm. one. He's, uh, he's super smart. He's super um, moody. Um, he, he has <laughs> dynamic moods, let's say, um, <laughs> that is such, that's such a great euphemism. I, next time someone tells me I'm too sensitive, I'll just tell them I have dynamic moods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's definitely a, a handful. Um, yeah, he's, we've talked about him, I think maybe in the past, uh, you and I, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Cause he's like a smart little guy. He, um, when he was three, this is, this is the short sort of thing that you need to hear so that you understand him. When he was three, he hacked into our iTunes store and downloaded $100 of learning uh, reading software and taught himself how to read. Oh, my God. So it's like a delightful horror movie. And then, <laughs> and then my middle kid is like, you know, he's 
he's sensitive um, uh, and he's got a bit of a temper, for, but most of the time he's like pretty e- even keel. He's m- mischievous. And then my youngest is probably my most easiest. Uh, he is most like me. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, he's a little high maintenance sometimes in that he doesn't have like a pal like the older two have. So he's kind of my shadow. Um, but yeah, so it's been a challenge being home with all those kids and my husband who has ADHD and is very like talkative and, you know, very loud here. <laughs> I do a lot of kind of hiding in my room. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. (laughs) I mean, I'm dealing with a a boyfriend, two cats and a dog. uh, And I still feel the need to hide. You know, luckily I have a separate space where I can do my podcasting and everything. If I didn't have a separate space, I think I might go insane. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to with kids because you also want to, um, you know, you have to take care of yourself, but you have to take care of them and manage their moods and uh, you know, and everything that they need during this incredibly difficult time. And it's difficult in so many different ways and it keeps ever changing. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's hard to, it's a lot to manage. Yeah. But now you have a whole hour just to yourself. Like you just have girl talk. This is like a time <laughs> away from all those boys, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the girl talk. Yeah. And my podcast you know, is a little bit like that too, where it's like, all oh, right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working right now. So everyone needs to fuck off because I have to talk uh, to my friends for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, but you get to call that work. And uh, exactly. how, how lovely is that? It's my career, people. <laughs> As as you just like, you know, sip wine and, and laugh with your friends over Zoom, like how <sighs> blessed is that, right? Has so blessed, yes. I, I want to do a check-in then because, the, you know, I do want to know about your mental health. We've talked a lot about like your your kids and your husband and everything. How are you feeling today? <gasps> like today I'm feeling better <laughs> than I did yesterday. Um, oh. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I may have had a nervous breakdown. Katie, I'm so sorry to come on your show and say that. Um, but uh, yeah, I might have had my second one of the pandemic. Uh, I think I had one right there, right before the um, election. I think I had another one maybe yesterday um, with all the violence and stuff that's going on. Yeah. Uh, leading up to um, the transfer of presidential power and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and everything that, you know, the terrorism at the Capitol. So. I've been real, uh, uh, I've been having a really hard time. Yesterday, I spent the day mostly in bed uh, playing a game on my phone. Luckily, I have a husband who understands. Yeah. That What's I needed your game a of choice? Mental health day. Um, well, you know, I actually downloaded a new game uh, called Cooking Madness, and I liked it very <laughs> much. It was real dumb and real stupid. And you just make burgers for people. And sometimes they want ketchup on it or cheese or maybe some soup on the side. Um, Sometimes you have to do it fast. Uh, So (laughs) it was just the right kind of just like uh, um, that I needed. Yeah, that's very soothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. I mean, and by the way, you don't need to apologize for coming on here to talk about nervous breakdowns. Everyone comes on here to tell me about their panic attacks and nervous breakdowns and everything. So like you're in the right place. I'm happy to welcome you into this warm, you know, cuddly (gasps) zone. 
Uh, and I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean, oh, I I had such a I had a similar feeling last week when I was seeing everything that was happening at the Capitol with the mob. And I had like a two full days where I was just laying on the couch. I was binging the crown because I found that to be very oh, uh, comforting. That show's great. <laughs> yeah. Have you started watching on PBS? They have uh, All Things Bright and Beautiful, like a reboot uh of um of that show if you're familiar with it the james harriet just like he's a vet in the countryside of you know somewhere in the uk and and it's very calming and they're just like ah look at this horse i mean it sounds great i i i watch so much british television that my (laughs) netflix my netflix has like a category specifically for me that's like calming british television (laughs) thank you netflix that's so nice of them so that they know me and yeah. uh, that sounds right up my alley. So I will I will add that to my list. Thank That's you. Lovely. Yeah. Last <laughs> week. Yeah. The when the Capitol got um, when uh, when all those terrorists went into the Capitol, <laughs> I don't know, like riot siege, whatever you the um, the insurrection. Yeah. Um, as we're, you know, maybe calling it. Uh, yeah. I, I had to parent that day, which was real hard because what all did you, you tell your kids? Well. We had CNN on, you know, we had like MSNBC on all day. I mean, they saw it. But of course, everyone's like, I'm hungry. I want to play a game. And uh, and I was like, I can't I can't play a game with you. I'm so sorry. I cannot play Candyland right now because the world is burning. Um, So that was very challenging. Yeah, Yeah, I could imagine. Were they asking you questions about it? I mean, I'm sure the younger one probably has no idea what's going on, but maybe like your oldest. Well, my kids are very well, my husband and I are both very political and um, we talk about politics and the news a lot. Um, And so we always we always have talked about politics very frankly. So they have a lot of opinions uh, about a lot of stuff already. My middle kid, when he turned five, he wanted to have a voting and Hillary Clinton themed birthday party. Stop. I am not lying. And that's what we had. We had was a voting it? and Hillary Clinton birthday party. <laughs> when was this? In 2016 in the so election year? Three years ago. Yeah. So it was uh, Trump went to office in the, you know, January and he had his birthday in May. And oh, that's what he wanted. That's so cute. We had a Hillary Clinton <laughs> impersonator come. And um, and she luckily was someone who had been a uh, birthday party princess in the past. Uh-huh. She she played games with them and did face painting. And he, <laughs> oh my God, Katie. Yeah. Ill. Three years later, he's like, remember when Hillary Clinton came to my birthday party? She's so good at face painting. <laughs> and we're never going to tell him. I mean, he'll be, he'll be like in college one day and he'll tell a friend and they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's incredible. And I feel like you just have to let him hold on to that because like they may or may not believe in Santa or the Easter bunny or whatever. Oh, they but do. A lot, oh, OK. Yeah. But I'm saying they're going to eventually figure out that's not real. But like, I think believing that Hillary Clinton came to his birthday party and painted people's faces and did game like that's just, that's OK. That's harmless. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Why not? And he, I would say every six months or so, he's like, remember that time? That was so great. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want to burst this bubble. Just to change the subject slightly, I was wondering, like, how did you get into comedy? Um, 
were you into it when you were a kid? Um, what did people tell you you were funny or like? Yeah, my, you know, I could talk and talk about that forever. But my dad is a Lutheran minister and he ran Bible camps when I was a kid and they would always have like a campfire and then they would do like a little skit that was like a parable, like a, like a little Bible lesson. Um, and I remember that was always like the best part of every campfire was essentially the sketch comedy part. And then uh, <laughs> my mom, when I was a kid, was an opera singer. So I grew up like around the theater, around these, you know, show people. Um, so, uh, you know, my, uh, m- my parents are both funny people. Um, and, uh, and sort of natural entertainers, my mom, especially obviously. Um, but yeah, growing up, I watched a ton of comedy. Um, I like when comedy central started it, like before it was even called comedy central, I think it was called like ha or something, or like the funny channel or something. Like, I was just like, this is it. I love comedy. So yeah, I started doing, um, improv comedy when I was, uh, 15. And started out at the Brave New Workshop, uh, which was then Dudley Riggs in Minneapolis and uh, was playing with adults and uh, for paying audiences and uh, did comedy sports in the Twin Cities as well. And that was sort of like my, uh, you know, like my 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 teenage job was doing. (laughs) Yeah. So so then when I came to New York, I was like, I got to check out UCB, checked them out. Uh, I was like, this is fucking rad. I want to be a part of this. And uh, the rest is history. I met my husband there. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say you met Ari there. I mean, so it's it's a really big part of your life. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bummer. It's it's definitely a bummer about the uh, theater closing. Um, you know, my husband and I, for a long time, though, we've been like, you know, we probably should... <laughs> you know, at some point kind of try to branch out on our own and make our, you know, not be so reliant on them to provide us with work. Um, Cause we teach improv there and have for the last 20 years. Um, so, so yeah, so we started a new improv uh, school online called the uh, Illuminati improv. And um, we're hoping to try to branch out and venture out and That's- be, that's so great. Yeah. Congrats on um, starting your own thing. I know it's it's not easy to just like put yourself out there and kind of like be your own pioneers in this different comedy space, trying to teach online. So I'm excited for you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, improvisers running businesses is always weird. <laughs> it's not our forte, that's for sure. But, you know, uh, I love teaching improv. That's it's super fun. I get to go to work and laugh. And then I go, and then I'm like, here's how you could have made me laugh more. Like that's delightful. I mean, yeah. And that's gotta be good for your mental health. Like regardless of how stressed out you are, you know that you get to go to work and you're going to laugh. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Sometimes it's like, oh gosh, what time is it? Oh, only five minutes have passed. Okay. Yeah. Every now and then it's uh, painful, but usually fun. Yeah, I mean, I took a lot of classes at UCB. I never took from you, but I'm wondering, because there were a lot of different kinds of teachers. What's your style of teaching? Are you the kind that's going to like hold my hand and be like, you're so good, Katie? Or are you going to be like more of a hard ass? Are you somewhere in between? 
That's a good question. I think I've evolved over time. I think I started Uh out more of a hard ass. Um, And part of it was because I was so young that I had to, you know, if I was sweet and nice, I wouldn't have been able to really necessarily command a room of people much older than me and tell them what to do for three hours. Um, So I was probably a a bit of a bitch back then. But over time, uh, (laughs) you know, my teaching style has evolved and my own sort of personal uh, everything has evolved. So I would say I'm more probably that first one you said, like I'm a little bit more, depending on the level, like let's hold hands and run through a a meadow and and... (laughs) Like I do truly believe that improv is a manifestation of your personal joy. So, um, you know, I, to me, it's important that people, no matter what are having fun and, uh, and, you know, understanding the joyful aspect of this art form that I have done my whole life almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's such a beautiful way of describing it that it's a manifestation of your personal joy. Cause I think I've heard that saying a lot where they're like, yeah, the difference between stand-up comedians and improv comedians is that stand-up comedians had like really fucked up childhoods and like improv comedians, they're everything's fine and they're just happy and they just want to share that. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I had a pretty fucked up childhood. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, we all go into comedy for different reasons, right? Yeah. uh, In my experience, I mean, yeah, I have to say I've noticed over time um, the sort of older generation of comedians and the younger generation of comedians. I have found a lot of times that the older generation of comedians, it's a little more Wild West. There's a lot more m- mental illness at, that is tolerated, celebrated, uh-huh. um, whereas I find with the, um, uh, you know, and it sort of for years and years is kind of anything goes. Uh, sure. But uh, the younger comedians, I do notice in comedy all over, like, you know, uh, improv and stand up, the younger ones tend to be more uh, coming from like a, a nice family situation. Sure. You might think that your group text has the best advice, but let's be real. An actual therapist might be just a little bit better for you. So... Uh, in that vein, I'd love to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast, and they are the world's largest counseling service, 100% online. You take a quiz and you get matched with a therapist within 24 hours. And if you want to switch to a different therapist, like me, if you're into therapist shopping, you can easily do so at no extra charge. Uh, You have the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, experienced counselors who can help you with a range of different issues, including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma. Uh, I mean, maybe you've got trauma from the last four years that we all collectively experienced. You need someone to talk to about it. So I want to help you do that. And um, I have a special deal for my Crying Behind Sunglasses listeners. You get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, slash cryingbehindpod. So I haven't had a lot of moms on this show yet. And so I feel like uh, I'm not asking you to speak for all moms, but just from your own experience. Um, you were telling me that you had dealt with some, um, mental health issues like it during your postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, was that with all three of your kids or just more recently with the mo- last one? I'm trying to think, I think it happened. 
it definitely happened with both of my oldest ones. It might have happened a little bit with my youngest as well. And I didn't even know what it was until years later. Um, because people talk about postpartum depression. And when you mm -hmm. go in to see your doctor, they'll be like, hey, are you feeling sad? Are you feeling like feelings of self-harm? They will screen you for some, for postpartum depression. Sure. But they won't, they don't screen you for postpartum anxiety. And I didn't even know that was a thing until someone described it. And I was like, oh, that's what that was. So I would have these um, very like vivid, uh, violent uh, uh, visions of huh. something like, like, like I would imagine holding my baby and maybe accidentally dropping them on the stairs and like they're uh and like there would be like a gory scene <gasps> like just very like vivid kind of violent um fucked up sort of visions um not visions like i'm a fucking uh i don't know what a, a psychic uh, yeah i'm not a psychic uh obviously but um but they were but they were really fucked up and i remember being like what the hell like ugh, why am i thinking of that um, and they were really um, intrusive. Um, and it, but it wouldn't happen always. It would just happen every now and then. And, uh, and it wasn't until years later that I learned that that's what post, that it was a manifestation of a postpartum anxiety. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds terrifying. And, yeah. but, but totally valid also. I could see that happening. I mean, I've had dreams about my dog getting hit by a car, you know, knock on wood, that never happens. But I think it's, that's like just kind of showing your, your maternal instinct is that you just really care about this thing. You're responsible to make sure that they survive yeah. and do well in this world. And that's a, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, these wouldn't be dreams. These would be like uh, sort of vivid thoughts I would have waking. Oh. Um, but yeah, it, they were so fucked up. I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't want to mm. tell my husband like, oh, I, I had the most fucked up vision just now. Um, so I just kind of like pushed it away. And, you know, when you have a baby, there, there's so much else to do. There's, you know, uh, that, that you just, you're like, oh, on to the next. Someone just peed on me, you know? <laughs> so yeah, postpartum anxiety. It's a thing. And uh, and I think it's good that people know about it. And luckily, people are also talking more and more about postpartum depression. I bet there are so many women like throughout history that um, that suffered greatly from postpartum depression and no one helped them because they didn't even know what it was. They just, oh, it's the baby blues, which is so sad when you think about it, that these women were like, I'm feeling really awful. And people are like, oh, you just have the baby blues. That's so like minimizing. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. And of course, I mean, if you think about it, being pregnant and then being not pregnant, like your hormones are completely in flux. Everything's changing. Your body is changing. You're having all kinds of weird pains. And then you have all this new responsibility, which of course would put stress on you. Like, there are so many factors. I, I'm sure there, there are more women than not who do have some sort of issue, even if it's not di like diagnosed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a, an atomic bomb of hormones <laughs> and, and it, 
it reverberates like there, you know, there are these aftershocks for months, sometimes years. Um, and, and yeah, speaking of minimizing, like there really isn't that much science out there about what it does to your body. But I mean, it's like being in a fucking car crash, like the way that it affects your body is unbelievable. I really did feel like I had been in a car crash. After giving birth? After giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. Because the amount of strain that your body goes through, at least to if you're if you're pushing out a baby. But also, I mean, if you if you're having a C-section, like that's incredibly traumatic that you just got opened up. And like I've had I've heard women say that they could sense that their organs weren't in the right place anymore. So like (gasps) minimizing women's pain, like there you go. So many women deal with like a lot of really fucked up stuff after you give birth and no one really wants to know or cares or asks. And so certainly giving birth has taught me there's an, uh, an aspect of womanhood that has to do with pretending like everything is okay and sort of showing outwardly beauty and grace while being in an immense pain and being uncomfortable. Does that it does. No, that makes a lot Asking of sense. And being like, it's fine. I'm fine. Where, you know, and then you're like, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, we deal with it on a very small level every month with our period, yes, right? Absolutely. And so I think about that a lot where I'm just like, men have it so much easier because we have one week or maybe a little less than a week every single month where we're dealing with pain, bleeding, uh, having to constantly go to the bathroom mood swings, et cetera, whatever other yeah. cramps, everything that we deal with. And we like, and we need to pretend like it's normal. Like I mean, nothing... I can, I mean, I think that we could be open. Like I, you know, I'm not going to hide that I'm on my period. Like if I'm dating someone, I'll let them know. But at the same time, yeah, I can't just run around all day feeling sorry for myself. I have to get on with my life. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but we yeah. have to show up. So yeah. And, and so, yeah, motherhood is is like a is like an amplified version of that. It's funny, actually, <laughs> the way that um, the way that your body sort of prepares for ha- having kids. Um, it's really brilliant. Pregnancy really does prepare your body and your brain for parenthood. Like a lot of people say uh, near the end of pregnancy, like they can't sleep and stuff. It's like it's getting you used to the idea of not sleeping, like getting used to. Sorry, my brain is so foggy today. That's the other thing. Mom brain is a real thing. Our moms are (laughs) forgetful and crazy for a reason uh, because because of all the crazy shit that your brain and your body goes through. And you have I've had I've had mom brain for the last 10 years. Sometimes I can't think of words. It's fucked up. I mean, I think that at this point, it's just your brain. Well, right? yeah, but it wasn't always. If I hadn't <laughs> had children, my brain, I, I know for a fact, wouldn't be like this. It, yeah. I mean, you're scaring me. Should I just not have kids, Betsy? <laughs> it, I mean, it's totally your call. Um, okay. I no, say I was... there, there are pros and cons. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't tell you about some of the physical and emotional aspects of it before you have kids. It's just like a fun surprise um, that no one wants to tell you until you have kids. And then you're like, hang on, is this 
what everyone has been going through. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. Um, but no one wants to like tell you because they don't want to like scare you. Right. Um, because the human race still has to survive. Yes. Someone has to go through this for us to continue as a species. So for us to perpetuate, we're going to hide some things. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is. What, what is something you wish you had known that no one told you? Oh, there's so much. Um, I mean, when I was pregnant, um, I often felt like I had a cold, like I couldn't breathe through my nose and stuff. Um, okay. and I just felt like shitty and, uh, turns out I was just pregnant. I didn't have a cold. I just felt like shit because I was pregnant. Your legs swell up. So it, it's like elephantitis. Like it's fucking crazy. Like how big your ankles and legs get. Um, and it doesn't it it stays that way sometimes for weeks after you give birth. Um, yeah, you know, something I learned recently or not recently, but a few years ago, up until a few years ago, I had no idea about this. I didn't realize that after you give birth, you have to basically wear diapers for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, didn't know that weeks sometimes. Well, no, like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes your vagina or your butthole kind of fall out. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I just, just like, I don't understand how a butthole falls out. There you go. Like, how it do they put it back in? No one will tell you. <laughs> no one will tell you, like, hey, by the way, your your anus might just, it it, it might just kind of collapse. Wow. Um, yeah. It's well, that sounds fucking nuts. What did, I had Rachel Bloom the, uh, from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the, on the show, uh, my podcast recently, and she was saying that, uh, her vagina what did she say she was like wait i think you did you listen I did to listen. that episode i did she listen something like um it's, it's the same room but the layout has changed and it's it, i thought that was such an apt description <laughs> she's like oh okay now the couch is here all right i mean the fireplace is still there the couch <laughs> is over here now mm, okay yeah stuff like that is like shocking um <laughs> Because your body has always been your body. And then all of a sudden it isn't your, maybe that's what, that was what it was. That was the biggest revelation was that my body was no longer mine. Mm. It now belonged <laughs> to someone else. And it belonged, if you nurse, it belongs to someone else for a very long time. Not just when you're pregnant, but as you are nursing. And then that's- when you stop nursing, there's a whole bunch of hormones uh, after that too. And like your hair falls out and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. I like to say (laughs) uh, making people is a grisly business. It is. No, motherhood is a a real job and a commitment. And (laughs) I salute you. Oh, thank uh, you. Because it's not easy. So, I mean, I'll say anyone, you know, thinking about kids, you know, I don't know. Do you like money? Do you like travel? Do you like (laughs) silence? Uh, If you like those things, you might not want to have kids or just have one um Mm. but uh but yeah my my brain and body like rebelled there's like a point I think right around age 30 and your body's like for a lot of us the your body's like let's do this thing yeah the, the biological clock I actually so I was listening to your podcast which is great by what by the way um and 
I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was you. You were saying how you never really thought about kids. And then when you hit 30, all of a sudden it was just like, I need children. Mm -hmm. So it was just a complete switch that flipped for you. Well, you know, I I had casually thought I had wanted kids eventually. And then Mm -hmm. my but then it was like a physical imperative. Like all of a sudden it was like you can't be you will not be happy if you don't put a baby in your stomach. Like it, like that was what my body was telling me. That's what my brain was telling me. Um, I think uh, you have to listen to that. What? You have to listen to that though, right? I mean, I have friends who for various reasons uh, couldn't listen to that. Sure. And it passed. It's interesting. I was talking to my therapist the other day and about like having intrusive thoughts that I didn't want to have. And she was like, you know, there's something that people don't like to tell you, which is that you don't have control over your thoughts. They just come, you know, they, sometimes they just come in and then it's up to you how you want to react. So if your body is telling you, hey, I really want to have a baby, but you're like, no, that's not for me. Yeah. You're just like, eh, no, that's OK. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the input. That's a I love that. That's a great <laughs> Because I think sometimes we feel guilty about our thoughts, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, because I'll, that, then you get into a whole shame spiral, you know, because like, for example, like if I'm dealing with um, some sort of like doubting myself, right? Like, oh, I'm not good enough, right? Then I'll have that thought that I'm not good enough. Then I'll feel bad that I had that thought. Yeah. And then you feel bad about feeling bad. And then it's a whole just vicious cycle. And so I think a really good way to get out of it is just being like, no, you know what? Um, I hear that thought and I'm going to like, I'm going to try to choose a different one. But just because it came into my brain doesn't mean it's the truth. Just because someone writes something on the Internet doesn't mean it's real. (laughs) Oh, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that weird? You could have. (laughs) a hundred nice things and one bad comment and you're just like the fucking bad comment oh that's it's that's so- how our brain works though like we always focus on the negative stuff because we're natural problem solvers which can be good but i don't know um now, now for me like depression and anxiety i like to say that's my jam uh what's 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 your jam my jam? Yeah. What do you oh, rock out to over there? What am I rocking out to? Um, mostly anxiety or panic disorder uh, is what I've been diagnosed with. Um, and I guess that's about it. I mean, my boyfriend accuses me of having OCD because I like things to be really clean. But I also feel like. Like he's really messy. So, you know, I, I, the jury is still out on that one. Uh, I mean, you know what? I heard um, Andy Daly, who's a comedian, said something really interesting on a podcast uh, on Never Not Funny once about how he didn't think he had OCD because if things if he didn't do those uh, sort of things that he felt compelled to do, there wasn't like a sense of dread or like something terrible happening which I thought was an interesting sort of like delineation. I don't know if that has any medical uh, bearing. Uh, Andy Daly is not a medical professional, um, but 
I thought that was interesting. I have a lot of OCD-ish stuff too, but I don't have fear really of like, I don't think something terrible is going to happen if I don't. Yeah, it's like a compulsion or an obsession. And it's not always just like the classic, oh, you need things to be clean. There are people who have OCD who are not clean, who just have like these obsessive thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, they can't let go of. So, uh, but you said that your, your thing, your flavor that you're into, what is it? Your jam, my jam, <laughs> depression and anxiety. Is that something that you um, have always dealt with or was it triggered by something? I think I was always a really um, uh, anxious kid. I don't think people ever recognized it or like pointed it out, but I think I was a very um, anxious, worrying, uh, like uh, easily frustrated maybe kid. Um, But also, uh, you know, I lived with my mom uh, who uh, in like a single parent household and and she has um, borderline personality disorder. And Uh so that definitely will make a person anxious if you're constantly feeling like you're walking on eggshells. And if you grow up that way, I think it does make you anxious. Um, But it wasn't until probably in my 20s that I experienced feelings of depression. And it probably started, honestly, um, with the aftermath of <laughs> of 9-11 I think I had probably had like po- sorry I had left post-traumatic stress uh from that that was like untreated because I was in like yeah. lower Manhattan and we all thought oh you, you were know. living in New York during 9-11 yes I was in lower Manhattan we um I was actually at UCB on 9-11 uh okay and when the second plane hit I was in a cab on the way to UCB and then we watched the towers fall in UCB um so yeah I think uh yeah I mean that's understandable though that was a a horrific and traumatic event for everyone to live through especially if you were actually there in that city yeah and um, hearing those sirens for like, like days and smelling that weird smell. And yeah, it was very traumatic. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've always liked to fancy myself as someone who's like strong and who can like power through stuff. Cause I have powered through so much stuff in the past. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I was in a lot of denial about how that affected me. Yeah. But then when did you come to terms with the idea that like, oh, this has affected me because you said you were in denial. So at some point you accepted it, right? Um, I don't think I've accepted it until about two years ago. Honestly. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I realized. I think I was just like, oh, I just happened to go into a deep depression after 9-11. <laughs> I just didn't make the connection. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I mean, I'm sure that that was like a good light bulb, like aha moment for you and also kind of maybe helped you to take the blame off of yourself a little bit mm-hmm. because you were reacting to this event. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think now that I'm talking about it, it probably then makes sense why I am so paralyzed uh, with the violence at the Capitol. It feels a little bit 
uh, like we're rushing back to that a bit. It's a it's a very similar feeling mm-hmm. um, that. Yeah, because I mean, I was um, still in high school here, uh, but everyone remembers where they were when this all happened. I think I was like in 10th grade and uh, my mom, she's a stockbroker. So she had come in um, and she gets up really early. So she works with a lot of people in New York. Um, oh, she she knew people that were in the buildings. Um, but I remember her coming in when I was flat ironing my hair uh, <laughs> at like 630 in the morning. And she was like, Katie, you know, the world is never going to be the same. This is what's going on. And just going to school that day, everything was very surreal. But... You went to school that day. Yeah. Wow. Well, we were in L.A. I mean, right. I don't know. It I didn't... thought everyone was like, "Uh oh, shit's happening. Everyone stay home. That's what I thought was happening. I mean, because obviously in New York, it shit went crazy. I'm sure there were a lot of people who kept their kids home that day. I don't really know what the thought process was. <laughs> well, as I remember far as my there parents. was so much fear that day of like, oh, what else is going to be, you know, attacked? Yes. Right. Yes. I think there was a lot of fear of like all of the everything's going to be attacked today. And maybe that's part of it, too, like with, you know, with the um, whatchamacallit, uh, with Inauguration Day, the FBI is like, hey, everyone in all 50 states, watch out, be careful. So, yeah. Oh my God, all that stuff is flooding back. There you go. No, it's, it is a lot. And I think that like people did liken the, um, the attacks on the Capitol to like 9-11. Obviously the loss of life was not the same, but the, the same level of feeling unsafe, feeling like, okay, well, if that's supposed to be the most secure building in our country and that happened, then how is anybody supposed to feel safe anywhere? right? Right. So yeah. like that's it's very uh, unsettling. It took me a while to get back on the horse, as it were, after last week. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I totally am on completely, but like, you know, we're here. We're talking. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's been a real it's been it's been really challenging. It's been a yeah. challenging four years and it's been an especially challenging 10 months. And it's been an a super extra challenging week. <laughs> well, what do you do? I was actually going to ask you, I have a segment called Hot Tips. Hot Tips, Hot Tips, Hot Tips. So. White wine. On my show. White wine. Oh, I should start doing that. White wine air horn. White wine. So. When you're having a shitty day, shitty week, shitty 10 months, right? What is something that you do to put yourself in a better mood? Silly animal videos are my favorite. I love animal videos. If you show me like baby goats playing or like puppies doing something silly, um, I, I, I will love a baby animal just doing cute stuff that always always lifts my mood to the point where my husband sometimes if I'm having a bad day he will like he'll be like go look at baby animal videos um (laughs) that's so great I love that especially goats goats are are so cute and they make such silly sounds oh my god I retweeted something so cute the other day I I could I just can't oh what was it three baby goats one runs it's like they're like on a sidewalk and there's like two stairs and so two of them are in the foreground and one runs from the back and he's just like like he's just like kicking his legs and just like how he was just like joy just joy personified 
And he's just like, wee, wee, wee. And then the other two goats like watch him go by. And then they essentially like, they like look at each other and shrug. And then they like join him and are like, like kicking their legs up. <laughs> it, it's so, oh, it's so cute. It was just like, that looked like fun. Wee, I'm having fun. Um, yeah, I love baby animals. <laughs> Do you guys have any pets? <laughs> um, we used to have a dog. Um, okay. But we had to, uh, he had to go and live with my friend uh, uh, because he bit my kid on the face because he was like a grumpy old man and he didn't like kids fucking with him. Understandable. Me too. Um, (laughs) But uh, but then, um, so now we have a bunch of fish. We have, and when I say a bunch, I mean like, I think we have like 50 fish in our house. Wow. Uh, and it's really out of control and I don't like it and I don't know how to stop it. My kids kept getting fish from school. They would like come home with a fucking fish. Like there would be like a, a fair and like the yeah. prize was a fish. And now right. we're like 70 bucks in to some stupid tank. And then my kid came home one day on the last day of school with a guppy, um, a pregnant mother guppy and two of her babies. And now I've got a guppy tank that has like 50 fish in it. I don't. So they're just propagating at this point. You've got a fish farm at your house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's not my favorite. I don't even I don't really deal with it. I make my husband deal with it. And uh, and the kids don't even fucking like it. I don't. Oh, I was going to say, maybe if the kids enjoy it, you know, like don't even have names. I mean, obviously, the guppies don't have names. No one looks there. It's so sad. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to bring up a sore subject. Maybe <laughs> at, at, at some point in the future, you guys can have something that you might enjoy more, you know, that right? won't bite your kids in the face. Maybe a hamster. Oh, this pandemic has made me so insane that I'm thinking of maybe like a dog or a cat, which is crazy pants. The last it's thing not. I need is someone to clean up after. Oh, God. <laughs> it's already so dirty here. I can't have anyone else touching me. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. But, you know, I, I will say as someone who has a few animals in our house, it, it is really nice because like you were saying, when you watch that goat video, they are just pure joy. Yeah. And they don't, and they don't talk back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, if only my kids would not talk back. <laughs> that is um, the nice thing about babies as opposed to kids. Babies don't yeah, talk before back. The- babies are just like, you're my favorite. And then kids are like, I hate you. Slam <laughs> door. That, that's got to be a tough transition. Well, you know, it's slow. So you're, you, you can kind of, well, you know what? I had to make a whole podcast about it. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, well, before I let you go, um, is there anything else you want to let people know about? Obviously, everybody should be going to listen to Why Mommy Drinks. Yes, please. Yeah, uh, we have all sorts of guests ranging from Olympic athletes to comedians. And uh, we had an MMA fighter on recently. Um, And so they just tell stories of just sort of insane uh, shit shows from the trenches of parenthood. Um, And other than that, uh, and that's a weekly comedy podcast. And other than that, check out IlluminatiImprov.com. We're going to do a bunch of uh, fun improv classes, sign up on our, our mailing list. We will only send you emails when it's important. Um, and I think that uh, sounds great. 
I mean, we've got, I've got a lot of listeners that are, you know, creative types. So hopefully they will check that out. Beautiful. Oh, and come, please follow me on Instagram, Betsy.Stover and uh, Why Mommy Drinks podcast on Instagram. Yes. Yes. They have a lot of great guests. I really love that show. Um, Do you have any last words of wisdom for people that might be struggling out there during isolation or feeling sad or moms out there maybe who are exasperated? Well. I would say for everyone, I would say like, you are not alone. I, I kind of, um, every now and then I'll just like put out kind of a, like a a tweet or like I'll post in my mom's Facebook, my mom, Facebook group, not my mom's face. Um, and just say like, I here, here's how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm feeling upset. Like, and people always are like, me too. I feel that way too. I think it's really important just to like say like, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing okay. Um, Cause also it's good to realize that everyone's kind of struggling right now and yeah, and that's okay. Um, and the other thing is uh, at the end of my podcast, every episode, we always make sure in terms of like talking to other moms, we always say at the end of every episode, you're doing a great job. I think especially, oh, I mean, everyone needs to hear that, but especially moms need to hear that because you don't hear that very much. It's a lot of like, where are my chicken nuggets? I don't like this sweater. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm mad that we're listening to your, your music, you know, um, and, uh, you know, or I hate you slam the door. So it's, it's good sometimes just to hear like, you're doing a great job. You're working your butt off. You're making people. It's a grisly business. Uh, and, uh, and you're doing the best that you can and that's Mm. the best you can do. That's beautiful. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on Betsy. Oh, thank you. Thanks for letting me, uh, talk at you. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that it made you feel a little bit better about whatever it is that's going on in your life. Or at the very least, I could distract you for about an hour. Uh, Some details are in the description, but be sure to check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com for a full list of all the fun stuff that we discussed in this episode. Uh, And of course, you should also check out Why Mommy Drinks. That's Betsy's podcast, and it's very funny, and they feature a lot of really big names. Um, I've been your host, Katie Dahl, and I will continue to be that person for a while. Uh, also we have a new advice segment, wrong answers only, and that requires some questions from all of you. So if you have any questions about mental health, productivity, self-care, or the meaning of life in general, uh, you can DM me at cryingbehindpod or just email cryingbehindpod at gmail.com with any of your questions. Please subscribe review, rate, or share this with a friend who might enjoy it. Or don't. Live your life. Next time you're sad, just throw on your sunglasses, take a walk outside, and remember, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny.